Hey gang, this is Lisa Peck, and welcome to Revive with Lisa Peck podcast. I am so excited about helping you learn how to be more relationally attuned. In a world filled with struggles and conflict and tension, I hope to make relational health fun and easy. Not all of us need therapy, not all of us can afford therapy, but I believe all of us can grow more wise and insightful and engaging in the connections we have with ourselves, with others, and with our God. I'm convinced that all of us can learn the art of calm, of awareness, and of investing relationally. Through my podcast, I hope to give you an opportunity to listen and maybe even practice with your own people. And in so doing, together, we get to help usher in a relational revival. Welcome to Revive with Lisa Peck. Hey gang, welcome back for another episode of Revive with Lisa Peck. Today on the program, we're going to be talking about some of what it takes to grow a healthy support network. Now again, I can have a buy-in and be personally desirous of having healthy relationships, but I also have to be around other people who value the same thing. Doesn't mean we all have to be perfect at relationships, but the desire to grow and to be as healthy as we can possibly be is part of what's going to help me to not only grow and become healthier, but to maintain and sustain what I've learned. And I need to do that in my community, or as Jen Hatmaker says, in my tribe. So today we have with us a dear friend of mine. Her name is Theta Shank. She is the Open Door Consultant. That's a ministry that she started that exists to build and empower a culture where people serve people wholeheartedly through biblically-based principles of grace-based hospitality. Doesn't that sound amazing? It serves individuals, churches, parachurch organizations, businesses and higher learning institutions it she is amazing you will absolutely love my friend theta so let's get into it so theta what a joy to have you on the podcast today i'm so excited for everybody to have the opportunity to get to interact with you like carl and i have had the chance to interact with you and terry and to just experience your life, and your ministry. I just can't wait for them to learn. So let's just dive right in. Could you tell us a little bit about you and your various ministry experiences? Thank you, Lisa. Gosh, I was just counting. It's been more than 15 years I now know. that Can we've you known you and that? Carl. That's so hard to believe. That I means I'm getting older. Anyway, <laughs> um, ministry experience. Well, the the path I want to take today is around a place called Windshape Retreat. It's a retreat facility in Rome, Georgia. And mm. Terry and I, my husband Terry and I helped pioneer that. Mm. Um, it was just 15 years ago. And my charge was to treat it like home, but bigger. In other words, make people feel welcome. Mm. And you have to understand that, Lisa, I don't know if you know too much about what the years were before I knew you, but I was an at-home mom. Um, I did a little bit of substitute teaching, but never had really truly been in the working world per se, let alone pioneering a ministry. So this was pretty daunting. Yeah, I bet. Well, task. And didn't you start out in electrical engineering in your undergrad work? <laughs> that <laughs> yes, just makes me laugh know, still. Sometimes you just end up uh, following someone you dearly love, like my dad, who was an EE, <laughs> right. uh, with no idea that you have giftings or don't have, in this case, that follow in that vein. Right. And uh, yeah, that was a pretty interesting path that never successfully concluded. It was just kind of left lingering out there. 
I know now that I don't want to be an electrical engineer. <laughs> you're right. right. You're right. Right. So. Wow. Yeah. So you, you're a pioneer. You're right. I don't know that I knew some of those backgrounds and that history, but how delightful that God can use any person in any background to launch an amazing ministry because Windshape is just incredible and Marriage Retreat is phenomenal. Wow. Well, it, 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 it was extremely daunting and I was desperate really for the Lord to show me how to do this because I, I didn't have a clue. Mm-hmm. I mean, a 80 room facility versus my four bedroom home, very different <laughs> on how you bring people in the door. And right. so I, I had to come up with, with some pretty fundamental questions for the Lord. It's like, okay, who's coming was mm-hmm. my first question. Who am I going to be caring for here at Windshape Retreat? And that second question was, how do we take care of them? And uh, that was the fundamental. The who's coming was pretty pretty basic out of God's word. It's believers, non-believers. And I also felt like he wanted me to pay attention to those at a higher calling, like mm-hmm. missionaries. And the intriguing word of God that says, and we entertain angels unaware. Right. So I couldn't ignore that verse either. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, angels will be coming, but I don't know who they are. But <laughs> so that's who's coming. That's who we are to care for. But how was the biggest question for me? How do we care for people? And the Lord took me right to the greatest commandment. I'm sure you remember what that mm-hmm. is. But it's, yep. um, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mm-hmm. all your soul, with all your mind. And then on it, it goes on to say, and love your neighbor as yourself. Right. He showed me that, and I thought, okay, love God, love others. You know how how do we how do we do that though? Right. Yeah. How do you create the community around that? And that was kind of the springboard of trying to craft the community and the culture that served the guest was out of that verse in the how to. So I, I I'm just going to keep going here and say we I, we hired we hired people that loved people yeah. first. Wow. They didn't have a clue how to take care of a retreat center, but we hired people that loved people. Now, how did you loved- discern that? I mean, you had you relationships know, with them for a while, or were you just intuitively discerning people who were insightful and perceptive? I did not know a soul that mm-hmm. we hired. Um, I would like to have said yes, but no. So it had it was again that desperation with the Lord, with an individual sitting in front of me and saying, you know, tell me who Jesus is to you. And that was one of my favorite questions Mm -hmm. to hear them unfold their relationship with the Lord. That was a primary question. And then, you know, tell me about in the past, how you've had entertained people in your home or in your workplace. And how do you, have you cared for them before? Mm -hmm. And those, those were the primary questions. And and then I leaned hard on the Holy Spirit counselor teacher to inform me, you know, give this person a try, you know, and I, I would like to say, I always had my mind, my heart attuned exactly to the right person. And, but most of the time I felt God really took very good care of me and without me getting my mess in the middle and messing it up. But he, he did a great job bringing in an incredible team, ages, homeschool, you know, mid teens to 60 plus year old people that worked in that team of developing the culture of hospitality at Windshake Retreat. So it, it was a, yeah, it was a desperation. And that those days of, of loving on and caring for the guest 
was was pretty informative. In my own home, Lisa, you've been here before. <laughs> I have. You come, you and you and Carl come in the door. We're going to love on you and care you for you, and we're going to sit at the table together. Yeah, at the retreat, the staff doesn't sit at the table no, with the guests. That's true. <laughs> And that was actually quite frustrating to a whole herd of hospitable people. Yes, you, you know, want they, to react. It actually, it actually was kind of lonely for them to lo- open the door and let people walk past them. Mm. And I began to see very quickly that that I had to do something different. I kept thinking that my focus was on the guest. And eventually it was, or it is, but God shifted my perspective to, no, your focus is on your team it's on your team, not on, not so much on the guest, because you take good care of the team. The team will take good care of the guest. Wow. So that's how I shifted. Incredible. Yeah, I, I remember, Theta, the very first time I met you, you were actually holding the door open for me to go into the dining room on the campus of Windshape. Aww, and I think it was I think it was 2005, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Wow. That's been a long wow. time ago. That's been 10 years ago. Right. So the Lord shifted yeah. you from opening the doors for people and you're, you're not able to sit down at the table with them. Instead, God's focusing you on your team. So when you think about building that healthy community of people, I'm hearing, so the Lord has raised them up and he's asked you to think through the how are we going to do that? And he's starting to now redirect you toward your team of people. Tell me, how how did that evolve? What was your personal experience with building your own team of people? Because not everybody is going to be in the hospitality business. We've got some moms. We've got some, you know, business people who, who have a population of people in their workforce that they're interacting with. We yes. have mm-hmm. varied types of people. So can you talk a little bit about your personal experience and what's it... What did it mean to you to develop a healthy community? Well, like I said, kind of alluded to the the first thing I saw that it didn't feel right Mm. was that the the team felt disconnected. Yeah. Um, Holding a door in one building and uh, carrying a bag or a piece of luggage, you know, someplace else on the property. It's a large property. uh, It can be isolating. And I thought, okay, step one, we got to be in proximity. That was, it became the very first move. And I thought, okay, how often, Lord, do we get in proximity? And uh, because there are 20 of us, and at any time there may be five to seven on the property uh, with scheduling and such. And um, so I came down to the idea of once every three weeks, everybody Mm -hmm. was at a table together having dinner, everybody. And, um, that was to build community as far as at least knowing one another's names, become sharing the meal, sharing a little bit of life at the table. And um, so that was, that was the first focus. And then I, in that time that we got together, the meal time was not the only thing we did. We spent three hours together every three weeks. The first hour was the meal. The second hour was somehow getting to know each other better, whether it was, uh, experiential learning with one another, finding out each other's testimonies in the Lord, playing games and finding familiar uh, attributes from one staff member to another, or just playing together. Mm-hmm. We have a, a Windshape Teams is another part of the Windshape Foundation, and they have great ideas on how to build community in experiential play learning activities, and we tapped into that. 
So we would spend about an hour doing that every time we got together too, just to get to know one another. And then the third component, I, Lisa, you, you just can't legislate, be patient with the people you're serving right. or be kind. Right. You, you can't do that. And I told the Lord, so how do you train it right. if you can't legislate it? He, he said, just point him to me is mm. what the Lord said. He said, that fruit of the spirit will be an overflow onto the guests. So just point them to the Lord and grow their relationship with the Lord. And you can do a little bit of process training if you want to. But 90% of caring for the guest is just out of the overflow of a healthy heart. Mm. So that's what we did for the third hour. Will you say that uh, one more time? Say that. That mm -hmm. last sentence is really powerful. That out of the overflow, the, the, the staff that work, they're needed to serve the guest out of the overflow with a healthy heart. With a healthy heart. That is with so a healthy key. heart. Yep. It again, you cannot legislate someone to be patient. It has to be an inside out. You bet. That is motivator. such a good point. And not everybody wants to do that, but it sounds like on your team, and I know we haven't even gotten to the third component, but it sounds like you are generating a culture that says we're going to be together. We're going to practice enjoying each other and doing fun things. Yes. And in the that culture starts to emerge an environment that says we want to grow, we want to be healthy. So gosh, yes, yes. It, if we go with another layer in, Lisa, my relationship with the Lord and what he has rescued me from in his love for me mm -hmm. positions me to be able to love others yeah. because he's what he's done for me. You bet. I can certainly love others mm -hmm. and not judge others. There's a, a huge cross, cross section of humanity that comes across our path mm -hmm. and the privilege of rubbing elbows and serving those that God brings in our path is huge to me. I, I, I consider a, any day I'm out and about, I'm like a reverse missionary. God mm. brings people to me. Right. And my goal was to convey the depth of how God had rescued me to those that were in community with us. And if we really, really, really get his love for us mm -hmm. and what he has done for us on that cross, then we can certainly unconditionally love those that are around us. Now, do I do it perfectly? No, but that's, that's what I strive for. Wow. That's what I strive for. And wow. that's what I tried to train those mm -hmm. folks in that community um, to just so, love others as a form of worship. You know, yeah. it says that. I think it's in Romans. It talks about serving others um, as a form of worship right. and um, as unto the Lord. So mm -hmm. there is a deep, deep personal spiritual motive. Mm. on why I love caring for others wow. the way I do. Mm. Okay, I didn't mean to interrupt you. You said three hours together, three times a week. First hour was a meal. Second hour was really playing and interacting together. And sometimes yes. you used outside yes. sources. Sometimes you just played games together. Yes. The third hour, yes. I interrupted you before your third hour. I got so excited I had to go back. So can you tell us what's that third component that you did with your people? The third component, uh, the easiest way I know to describe it is a, uh, just a, for example, we would focus on God's word somehow, some way. Mm -hmm. um, at one time we took the, the, 
book of Romans 12 and the chapter there and just broke it down to that. There's one little verse in Romans 12 that says practice hospitality. But the whole chapter of Romans 12 wrapped around it is just a, a perfect template on how to care for others. So we did that. Um, we've listened to video uh, series from those that, that I believe they're influential and would be fruitful on how to care for ourselves and care for others. Mm. Um, we, we, uh, we just challenged each other in God's word and try mm. to, to mm. understand how to grow in wisdom and stature and in favor with, with God and with, and with man, man in that time. That was the goal. And one other tiny component at the end of every three-hour meeting that we had was we targeted another department within the foundation and we would do something for them, mm. whether it was write notes for them or go decorate their offices and surprise them. Or uh, it, it, we, we made uh, bags of candy sometimes for them. It wasn't an expensive thing. It was a time thing. We wrote cards. We hung stars in the kitchen for the food service staff. And, mm -hmm. and wrote their names on each star. You know, we would just do some little something, something wow. to sew into the community around us, not just ours, wow. but within the other foundation staff, because we wanted to be a positive influence with them as well. Do you know so, the impact um, of that in, in just serving my fellow man and seeing something about them that's redeemable and lovely and beautiful or just freely giving to them? I think that one's a game changer too. When I taught a class on connecting, we practiced serving each other and determined how, what area do you want to be served and kind of yes. learned a little bit about what they wanted or needed and then just chose to freely give that. Dr. Ferguson talks about that's just entering another's world. It's giving first. It's attention. And it sounds like you did that with your people as I did that in just, I, you know, a 12-week class. And it had it had a, astounding results. It was really incredible. Really. I bet it's, you were the favored yeah. on the foundation's <laughs> campus. Man, where's hospitality? <laughs> Let him come. Let him come. Well, at one time we had the privilege of having a little bit of budget. And we brought in a masseuse for just, uh, just oh. for shoulders for 15 minutes for all those that were sitting at desks. That's glorious. And yeah, we became quite favored on that day, you oh, know, I just bet. something to love on a bit that, yeah, it, it was, it, you're right. Just stepping into another person's world and seeing where they have a need and then be able to meet that need or just uh, acknowledge the need and value what it is that they're doing. Sometimes mm -hmm. that's all they want to know is to be seen and understood so yeah it's mm -hmm. it's been good one of the other challenges i had um yeah, was i was going to ask you what, what are some of the hindrances that you have in this so challenges go for it what well, yeah hindrances so one of the hindrances i did have was the broad age span mm. uh, from a you know middle schooler uh, to a senior citizen of a sort and right. That took a lot of creativity and investigative time, like you were saying, you know, how do you know how to meet that person where they are? I remember one student coming in my office who was a college student and he was he was just broken trying to determine he needed to change his major because he wasn't happy where he was. And, you know, how can I how can I go toward that and meet him where he is? And uh, it took a lot of research and time and prayer on my part to be very intentional to understand where they were coming from, you right. know, as a college student, what is he, what is he thinking? How is he 
perceiving what's in front of him right now. And and then my senior citizens who are wiser than me and I absolutely adored them, you know, I would lean into them and seek their counsel, you know. Sure. Of I, course. Didn't, I didn't have it all figured out. At least I'd you know, I'd just <laughs> say, Come on, help me with this. <laughs> right. And what should we try and do here? So I didn't try and play the Lone Ranger that it all had it figured out. I would lean into those that were strong in areas and pull them in. I uh I don't know if you've ever done strength finders, but yes. that was a, a really good tool for me to do with them as a staff and also know myself to be able to pull in the strengths of others around me to try and build that community in a whole manner instead of just a me-focused manner, everybody contributing. Yes. And um, that is one of my strengths. I do the, I'm do. i an includer. I want mm-hmm. everybody involved. I want everybody to have a voice. So that was that was. Uh, a challenge for me to understand how to motivate somebody that's 15 years old and somebody that's 60. But the Lord was really sweet to help me just to stay attuned. Mm-hmm. Actually, are you the one that taught me that word? I think you taught me <laughs> that Bruce word. Walker. Attuned. <laughs> See, there it is. Courtney, you did. Right. I, mm-hmm. I think you did when I was trying to um, learn how to communicate at a different level. You're talking to me about how to attunement mm-hmm. and what that was. Hey, thanks mm-hmm. for that. Hey, but, sure. Um, We're a team. Anyway, th- that was a challenge. The age span was a challenge. But mm-hmm. it, just zeroing in and being humble before the Lord and, and just asking lots of questions and staying very curious with each one was a, a great platform to mm-hmm. try and connect with them well, I believe. I believe. In our world today, we see especially the younger generation really struggling with the commodity of time. Busied, frenzied, hectic, packing in an awful lot in a very short period of time. And some of what you're describing, really, it takes an investment of time. It takes uh, being inconvenienced a little bit in order to love well. What word of encouragement would you speak to some of our 20 and 30-somethings, even our 40-somethings that are listening in? It's like, well, I don't know how to do that. I've got littles at home, and I'm caring for my ailing parents, and I've got a job, and you know all these extracurricular activities. How am I going to fit that in? What would you speak to them? If we can rewind right back to the start of when we started talking, Lisa, who are you caring for? Mm. And, you know, if you're a mom at home with littles, mm-hmm. there's your audience. Right. You know, that's that's where your focus is. If, you know, where where is your audience? Who is in community around you and who are you caring for? You may be caring for an ailing parent. Mm-hmm. You know, I went through that season in the last 15 years. Terry and I both lost all four of our parents. And we were, that was what a lot of our focus was there on how to be intentional and care for those around them. So there are seasons in our lives where we have a different community around us that we would be challenged by the Lord to be intentional with, I believe. Um, There, I think a lot as a young mom, I had a lot of aspirations that I really wanted to accomplish certain things. But I remember the Lord just very gently telling me, look who I put in front of you today. Be faithful with who I have with you today. Those were three kids under the age of five and grow them up. Okay. And it wasn't until the last one, I kid you not, (laughs) the last one graduated in May and I started at Windshape Retreat in July. So it was, it was a new season. You know, who, who is the community that you're trying to influence? 
Um, I wanted my home to be a safe place. I've, I've even consulted people who have asked me to come into their home and help them know how to bring people into their home and that their home would be a safe place to have people come stay or visit, even for dinner. How can people leave better than the, when they came to my home? So it depends on where you want to focus. Is it mm-hmm. your home? Is it your workplace? How can you love on and care for those at the desk next to you right. or in the meeting you're in every Monday? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, ask the Lord to show you who is that you're going to care for. Right. And then you take the very best care of yourself so you can care for them. If I didn't take care of myself, my kids couldn't have been fed and and safe if I didn't take care of myself. That is Um, such a good point. It's the truth. It's Mm -hmm. the truth. And the same thing, you won't have anything to offer if you don't take care of yourself. And, you know, that rolls right back to that greatest commandment. Love the girl with your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Sure. So you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. Well, and then that, commu- that community around you will benefit. Yes, what were you going to yes. say? I'm, I'm sorry. You know me. No. When I get excited, I have to interrupt. Um, That's fine. I, I also heard you say you need to be focused and to try to love too many people groups is spreading ourselves too thin. So we really need to just invite the Holy Spirit to raise up those people that he's calling for this season for us to focus on and not feel the pressure of having to love everybody really well all the time because that's just a recipe for frustration and burnout and it just won't work. So hone in on the population and the people for the season that you're in according to what God says. Is that Am I hearing that right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Ex- that's exactly what it is. And if, if I can just take it in for what Terry and I specifically, Terry and I work away from home with marriages in crisis half of the year. Mm-hmm. We will be a week on, a week off, a week on, a week off. And when we, we actually have to be very intentional when we come home, how we're going to spend our time and who we're going to spend our time with. Terry's an elder in our church, so that is the community that we also try and impact in a positive manner. We get very strategic about who we're going to spend our time with because we don't have a lot of spare time because of how we work. And um, that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. We have to be intentional and strategic. Unfortunately, or fortunately, which is it with social media? You know everybody's problem everywhere. Right. But who is in your yard who is in your realm of influence that God's assigned you to, and it cannot be everybody. It can't. It'll be very intentional, and those that will you can be a positive influence on, for sure. Well, Theta, thank you so much. As we wrap up, the audience, didn't I tell you, she is amazing. And Theta, if there were people who wanted to talk with you some more about this for their home, for their ministry, for their workplace, for their parachurch organization, can you tell me how could they get a hold of you at the Open Door uh, Consultant? I would just encourage everybody go to go openyourdoor.com. Mm. That's my website. Just go to openyourdoor.com and you can find me there. Uh, and I would be glad to help. I, I would be honored to help, actually, if God would put that on your heart. And one of the fun things about what the Open Door Consultant does is we everything that I bring in, I turn right back into missions. Mm. So um, even though I don't, I'm not registered as a 501c3, I give it all away. 
So, um, yeah, it's all for kingdom. Good. So, well, and we'll get that yeah. link on the website, though. Everybody knows I'm fairly new to technology, so we'll see how I can get that on the website. But I'll seek to get a link on the website uh, in the notes so that people have a way to, to reach you. But thank you so much, Theta, for sharing your wisdom, your experience, um, just the person that you are. What a beautiful encouragement you are and you have been. So thank you so much. Thank you, Lisa. It was an honor and a, it was truly my pleasure to be here. Very good. Thanks. I just love getting to talk with incredible people. What a great gift to hear from Theta about what she's learned about building healthy community in the workplace or ministry. Whether you're managing employees, volunteers, or your own family, all of us have the ability to craft and create a culture to serve the people in our tribe. There are a couple of points that stuck out to me, so let me highlight them. Number one, be in proximity. Part of having a healthy network is time spent together. For Theta, it was once every three weeks for about three hours together of intentional time. But fit that idea into your own relational culture. With families of little people, you may be able to do these things on a more frequent basis. With work relationships, it may not be as often. Within that time, eat together. In our faith-based cultures, we often refer to this as breaking bread together. There's just something about talking and laughing over good food that allows for relaxed and casual conversation. I know one family that once a month had culturally themed meals together. They prepared the traditional foods together as a family. Not surprisingly, their teen's friends begged to be part of the family tradition. Next, do something creative to encourage getting to know one another in a more vulnerable way. You know, the stretch zone. Caution to parents of teenagers, especially if you haven't started this when they were young. Most teenagers will roll their eyes and sigh, communicating a big whatever with their faces. Simply ignore it. It's just their way of telling you that they feel very awkward and uncomfortable. Sometimes we even have to teach them to manage their attitudes and emotions. In fact, when I stretch people in my office or in the classes I offer, I often get the same look. We have to teach others to interact together through new and uncomfortable settings. This is part of what actually creates the healthy community. We practice being awkward around each other without fear of being shamed, criticized, or shunned and everyone participates. I know a delightful family that circles up each night and invites everyone to share a feeling that they're experiencing and why. No one is allowed to comment. They just practice listening with acceptance. I love that. Finally, we end the time by serving others together. Theta offered some great ideas, writing notes, making a craft, or baking a yummy to deliver. Not quite a month ago, I received an anonymous envelope of seeds with a little quote about growing my faith. It was a delightful surprise. Many families have service projects they do once a year. Possibly you want to increase that. Developing healthy relationships in my community needs to include getting past myself and my comfort zone to care for others. So there are a few other points I'd like to highlight, and I might be taking a tiny bit of liberty here because it's not exactly what Theta said, but I still think it applies. 90% of caring for others 
be it your employees, your ministry team, your friends, or your family, is out of the overflow of a healthy heart. It is my strong conviction. We have to purposefully become healthy ourselves as we are developing a healthy community of friends. If you have multiple people who are needing something from you, ask yourself or the Lord, who am I called to serve in this season? You cannot serve everybody all the time. Narrow your service arena. Practice saying no through the muck of false responsibility. Seek balance between caring for others and caring for yourself. You'll be no good to others if you have sacrificed yourself on the altar of doing for others what they must do for themselves. Personally, I think the balance between caring for oneself and caring for others comes from a place of rest in God's presence. So, in light of what we heard and what I've reviewed, what step will you take this week? How can you be intentional about time with your people? Maybe it will start simply with a conversation about the need to grow more healthy together. Maybe you already have purposed time together, but you need to add a component of being vulnerable with one another. Maybe you've had some great dinner clubs with awesome food and conversations, but need to venture into the world to serve others as a friend group. It doesn't matter what it is, just take one step. That's all it takes to start a relational revival. Let me close again with the words of Paul Young, author of The Shack. Every human being is holy ground if we have the eyes to see it. May the God of our understanding open our eyes to this today. Until next time.